You're listening to The Omni Show. Get to know the people and stories behind Omni's award-winning productivity apps for Mac and iOS. I'm your host, Brent Simmons. In this studio with me today is Christina Sontag. Say hello, Christina. Hello, Christina. Very well done. Christina runs the test department here at Omni. Christina, what's your actual title? I am the software test manager at software the Software test mm-hmm. manager. And how many testers do we have, roughly? Uh, roughly about nine. Roughly about nine. So we did the math in advance, people. So we're saving you time. So when, when I first came to work at Omni uh, three years ago, I noticed that there were actual testers, and I loved that immediately. And it seems that Omni places a great uh, premium and priority on hands-on testing. Yeah. Uh, so... How did that come to be or, or, you know, what do you think of that? Automated testing is such a thing these days. Um, Yeah, it definitely is. Um, There are definitely things that um, automated testing is good for, uh, but I think that products that are used by humans really need to be tested with that in mind. So while we can automate certain processes and certain um, cases where we're trying to find maybe lower-level bugs in um, our frameworks or in, in the way we handle data, when you're actually looking at a product on the screen or on a touch device, you have to have real eyes and real hands touching it and feeling it and making sure it feels right and it behaves right. That sounds right. It, it would be hard, I guess, for an automated test to catch if an animation is stuttery, for instance. Absolutely, or, or, yeah. And certainly more complicated things. But yeah, it takes mm-hmm. actual human eyes and fingers to... Yeah, there's stuff. there's definitely uh, the need for the human touch. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. And I've often joked that Omni isn't a software company, it's a testing company. <laughs> because in a lot of ways, that is the secret to making, you know, mm-hmm. these apps really, really good. It's it's the great testers. Yeah, I, I make a point to call myself the test manager, not the quality assurance manager, because every one of us really assures the quality of it. Sure. Not just the test department, but mm-hmm. the engineers the support, give quality support when things do go wrong, which is not very often, I'm sure. They're mostly napping. Yeah, clearly. No, no, no. They're, they're doing, they're <laughs> they're doing, doing good them. work. <laughs> yes. The support humans yes, are great. they yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Um, I, I, and two, when I started working here, um, you know, I noticed there's a test department and I was a little worried because I'd heard stories of other places that developers and testers can be antagonistic sometimes or, you know, um, but the relationship here, at least from my perspective and what I've heard from other people, uh, is fantastic. And so I wondered, is that something you've had to work hard to, to cultivate or did that just come by just like doing an honest good job or how well, did that come to be? I think, I mean, obviously it's a little of both because you do need to remember that as a tester, you are delivering bad news about somebody's hard work. <laughs> yep. And you don't want to go in and going, hey, hey, look at this really cool thing I found. It's so broken. Uh, Sorry. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a there's a lot of um, just recognizing the other pre- person to be a human being and saying, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. This is what I found and sticking to the facts and uh, then, you know. Having fun in other ways. Uh, we eat lunch together. We, you know, yeah. tend mm-hmm. to have a very solid community here. Yeah. 
Um, and I think that um, a lot of those activities also help to just diffuse any of that sort of mm-hmm. kind of bad feeling, ill will that might spring up. So some of it is, you know, we are almost entirely all in the same place and, mm-hmm. and we hang out, mm-hmm. we all like each other. The company is not so large. I mean, I, I know who everybody is, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. And that's very helpful. Knowing who is responsible for a certain area, you're able to go and talk to them. Sometimes we actually um, find issues before the code is even written because mm. we'll look at something and we'll go, well, how's this going to work with, you know, this particular type of interaction? Or does this work well with the other feature that we have in here that does a similar or works in a similar way? So um, I think that, Really, it's a strong community mm-hmm. that helps. And hiring in people who have a good attitude and are able to deliver bad news well <laughs> and right, that's a has a good yeah. sense of humor uh-huh. yeah. is, is always um, uh, important. But, you know, I think we, we tend to just recognize that everybody's job is difficult and rewarding. The tester I've worked most with recently, uh, his name is Orion, which may be the perfect name for a bug hunter. <laughs> and Ryan, of course, is great. But everyone yes. I've worked with has been great. So yeah. um, uh, kudos to you for running a great department. Oh, well, Thanks thank for you doing very that. Much. Um, a, a lot of it, too, I think, is app knowledge, right? So I'm a longtime Omni Outliner user, and then I started working on Outliner. And I've always used it in kind of a simple way. And then I maybe fix one bug, not even knowing about some other feature that I just broke. Mm-hmm. And, Testers, all, they know everything. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, the depth of knowledge. Uh, our, our apps are very complex, mm-hmm. and we try very hard to make them very easy to use, but very powerful. And so there are lots of these sort of tips and tricks that we pick up as testers because we've been testing these features for a very long time. That is, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing to me because I don't get to spend as much time on all of the apps as my other folks do. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes I'll walk in and I'll be like, okay, what do you need help with? And they're like, we're testing this. And I'll be like, oh, we do that? Great. What's that? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it's, it's just the, the depth of knowledge um, that my folks have on the products is just amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Let's move on. Um, I have notes here on my phone in Omni Outliner for iOS, by the way, which I'm working on currently. Anyway, next thing here in my outline is uh, App Camp. You're one Uh, of the volunteers at at the Seattle App Camp, and you've done that three years in a row? Uh, Let's see. I think uh, I started volunteering with App Camp the first year it was um, starting in Portland, which was 2013. Okay. Um, and then Liz Marley and I um, decided we needed to bring that to Seattle. And so we organized the Seattle camp in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so we've run it 2014, 2015, 2016. And um, hopefully, oh, yes, t- this is 2017. 2017, 2017 too. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so it's been um, a really amazing experience for a wide variety of reasons. Uh, in case any of our listeners don't know, we're talking about App Camp for Girls, mm-hmm. which was started by Jean McDonald mm-hmm. uh, in Portland uh, several years ago. And the idea, well, ex- explain the idea behind it. Right. If you so App Camp uh, for Girls uh, started when Jean was 
at WWDC, the the big worldwide developer conference that Apple hosts every year, and she was realizing that really there were very very few easily identifiable women in the audience. Mostly, it was a sea of guys, and I've had the same experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so she decided that there was an opportunity to bring in. Um, more women into the industry and let's start from the getting um, middle school girls really interested in computers and computer science. So um, they did, uh, uh, she and Gray Osten actually um, uh, worked together and uh, developed a curriculum and figured out kind of how to get a group of uh, middle school girls to develop an app in a week. And, that's uh, just amazing. It's, anyway, it's just like really the amazing. Of it. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, and nuts and bolts. I mean, from the the very basics uh, that we give them is a uh, just a storyboard, blank storyboard, go, and mm-hmm. here's the type of things that we are going to do. And it, it's it's amazing. You can go and download um, the App Camp app from I'll the App Store. Put that in the show notes, by the way. Yeah. And see what these uh, girls do because it's it's phenomenal. They draw the art, they um, write the the words, they write the code, they put it together. That's uh, pretty cool. Oh, that's great! In, in a week, even in a week, in yeah. one week. And at the yeah. end of the week, as I recall, because I've been to a few, there's a a demo, kind of a pitch session. Mm-hmm. So there'll be a, a panel of of women who are not necessarily VCs, but kind of pretending. Right, and then the, well, the they're industry experts, girls, yeah. Right, mm-hmm. the groups of girls then, um, uh, then like demo their app and talk about it and answer questions. Yeah, yeah, and um, we have a um, like I said, we have a template, so they do sort of a four questions app, um, and and at the end you get an answer of some sort. So we've had uh, apps that are like personality quiz apps. We've had apps that are how long will you survive a zombie ac- apocalypse. Mm-hmm. We've had uh, couch potato apps, should you or should you not get off the couch. Uh, the, all sorts of different. The an- answer is not long and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's pretty amazing. And it's really interesting to see these teams of, because uh, they work in a team, these teams of girls kind of find their niche Hmm. because we take them from the concept through the design and the UI and the development and then the marketing to the pitch session through in that whole week. Hmm. And and so they they find their their own strengths and interests Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. That must be cool. So it's an obvious good thing for the world. What do you get out of it? Uh, that was the surprise for us. Uh, when we first started this, we thought, okay, we're going to give back. We're going to, you know, get girls excited in computers. This mm-hmm. is going to be great. And then we discovered we started making connections with women in our industry. Hmm. And we started having a much broader network of women in our industry. And it's sort of strengthened and helped each and every one of us um, you just basically move our careers forward. Wow. We have had volunteers go on to um, back to school to uh, become software developers. We've had all sorts of um, just really good interactions between volunteers after camp is over. Wow, that sounds great. 
It's nice to do well by doing good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is super cool. And as I mentioned, I've been to a couple of the pitch sessions, and they're so rewarding. Watching the girls and their enthusiasm talk about the apps and everything. Yeah, I can imagine that that alone uh, that would just make. There have been some where I I've been. uh, Yeah. There's been lots of dust in the air, yeah. shall yeah, we oh, say. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why is it always so dusty there? <laughs> oh, that's cool. So how'd you get your start in the industry? I, I heard a rumor that you that you played games. I played for a games for a living. Yes, I did. Um, so a friend of mine worked at LucasArts Games uh, when I was in college, and they started hiring testers. And I thought, well, I don't know a whole lot about computers. But I had a computer since I was eight years old, so I figured uh, I'd try it. And uh, I got hired, and I got to play games and break games. So, yeah. That's the dream of millions and millions of kids. (laughs) Isn't it? You can do it. You can do it. It is possible. (laughs) So great. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, I did work on um, Secret of Monkey Island 2. Um, what was the secret of Monkey Island? Oh, you have to play the game. Yeah. The <laughs> last game I played was threes, and I was so addicted it ruined my productivity for <laughs> a year. I don't oh, know. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a, that must have been cool. And so yeah. where, where was this? This is in California somewhere? Yeah, I grew up in Santa Rosa, California. Um, so uh, when I was, um, I think I got the job when I was 20. Yes. So when I was 20, I I interviewed, and um, the building that we were in was actually near where ILM was in San Rafael. I could actually walk through some of the back lots to go to lunch. So, like, back lots of, like, places they're filming, they're all set up and... Yeah, they had, um, uh, I, there was one time, you know, over the course of a week, I'd walk to lunch, and, you know, there'd be, like, a, a plywood... Um, just sort of structure, and then it was covered in a black tarp, and then mm. the mm. next day I walked by and it was a mountain range. <laughs> I'm like, oh, uh, right. well, there, there you go. Uh, that's cool. So yeah, there there was um, uh, a lot of that sort of interesting uh, things, and then like later on, you'd see a movie and you'd go, hey, that looks familiar. That, I've seen that, <laughs> that mountain range. Hmm. <laughs> uh, that's that's so, so cool. Uh, it's like the very heart of nerd culture to it, be it, right there. Yeah, it yeah. was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing. We could um, occasionally go to lunch at uh, Lucas Ranch, at wow. the Skywalker Ranch, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty awesome. Um, you know, just being able to go and sit down at a table and have George Lucas, you know, two spots in front of you in line. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it was it was pretty, pretty formative formidable and formative experience Mm. definitely wow that's so cool and from there you said well enough fun i'm gonna go work at edmark well i i did go uh i moved to seattle um ron gilbert started a company called humongous entertainment now ron was um a lucas arts alumni and so i took the opportunity to move up here and test software for Humongous for a bit. And mm-hmm. then I moved, um, since that was children's software, I thought that was interesting. Um, I moved on to Edmark, which was more educational children's software. Okay. And I spent uh, 10 years doing all sorts of different things there, not just testing, but um, I started 
doing some web development, uh, web server administration, ended up doing some actual software development towards the end of my time there. Mm-hmm. That was really kind of um, where I started kind of figuring out what I enjoyed and, and what really worked for me in the software industry. And That's after, cool. So they gave you the opportunity to do yeah, all these things. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, I was able to really just grow and kind of try a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, and after Edmark, I did a bit of contracting uh, web development work, and then I got a job in the credit card industry. Ah, that's where the fun goes away. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I quickly moved on. <laughs> no, I had a great time with the people I worked with, but yeah, the industry was not for me. Yeah, that, I understand that. And that was definitely not for me. So how'd you end up at Omni? Well... I um, did a bit more contracting, decided I really was not a businesswoman. I enjoyed mm. the work, but not the actual going out and finding the work and yeah. paying the bills and doing that part. So I was um, deciding that I needed a, an actual job, and I looked in Craigslist, and there was this opportunity hmm. at the Omni Group, who I had heard of for many years. Sure. And I thought, it. wow, sure, I'll try that. Mm-hmm. So this was around 2000 and... It was uh, the end of 2008. Okay. Um, So I interviewed and apparently did well enough to get hired. I'm very happy Mm -hmm. to be here. Yeah. And the... Well, with the food. Right? (laughs) Right? Wow. (laughs) It's not just the food. Wow. It's half, half at least. Yeah. So I... I got to work on the the first project I got to work on was uh, we were just launching uh, OmniFocus for the iPhone. Uh, the mm. iPhone uh, App Store had just opened up to third party developers, and we were getting that out there, and that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah, wow, two thousand eight. Yeah, you came in mm-hmm. here right as everything changed mm-hmm. a ton. Everything changed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was a very interesting experience. Mm. Mm-hmm. How did you end up running the test department? About um, a year and a half, I think, after I um, started, I um, I was pregnant, and I was going to have a child, because that's what you do when you're pregnant. Smart. <laughs> first and child? First child, yeah. yeah. Um, and the my boss, who was currently running... Uh, both the support and the test department decided he had he needed to focus. The, the department was too big for mm-hmm. one manager, sure. and we needed to split the department. So um, he was going to uh, this Brian uh, mm-hmm. is going was going to focus on the support, and they needed a test manager. Now uh, recall back when I said that I worked at Humongous Entertainment, I was a senior enough tester that they put me in charge and made me the test manager mm. of that little startup. So I had test management on my resume. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> so uh, when they made the decision that they needed another manager, uh, Ken came into my office and said, hey, you have management experience. Would you like this? And I've likened this experience to uh, feeling like 
I was uh, standing in line with everybody and they asked for volunteers and everybody took a step back. (laughs) But I have really enjoyed it. Yes, I have really enjoyed it. I did ask that maybe uh, we wait until after I came back from maternity leave, though. Fair enough. I thought that was uh, that was appropriate. (laughs) It's enough of this work business. Oh, oh so you tell me that you your dream, your dream of commuting is to fly (laughs) a plane from where you live and land. any of our listeners don't know, Omni is just a couple blocks up from Lake Union in Seattle. And there's float planes that come and go all day long. So, Christina, you have a pilot's license, so I you could conceivably <laughs> fly a float plane well, into work. Yeah, I do have a single-engine land okay. license. I would need to do some work to get my seaplane rating. Yeah. But, you know. Once you've got one license, right? two Here you go. Easy. Yeah. Off you go. Yes, that would that would be my dream commute. I would love to be able to fly my plane in and land and get out, walk up the hill, go to work. I think That'd that would be, be so cool. Pretty I would amazing. Go from where I live to your house. I don't even know where that is. Assume it takes an hour just to ride in with you on your float plane every day. Yep. I would, yep. That, that would be so great. I I would uh I'd need to move a little closer to a lake. I think the lake I live near mm. is a little too small, and I don't uh, think they, uh, they... Yeah, you don't want to cut that close. No, no, yeah. no, not really. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. <laughs> but that would that would be my dream commute, yes. So, so dramatic every day. Mm-hmm. Man, cool. <laughs> yes, I do love the fact that my office looks out over the airplane harbor, or the uh, yeah. seaplane harbor. Yeah. It's great. Was it Kenmore Airlines or mm-hmm. whatever? Yeah. Yep. Right. South oh, Lake Union. very cool. So when you're not dreaming of flying, you're mm. um, you're playing Destiny. I am flying through space. Flying through orbit. space. Yes. Another game I haven't played, but apparently almost everybody around me <laughs> is either playing or thinking about playing Destiny <laughs> at pretty much all moments of the day. Yes, yes. I have. Um, we have a uh, quite the clan going now. Yeah. Uh, the... Is that a technical term or just? Yeah. Um, there are uh, basically groups of players that play together for a common cause. Um, and in the game, they organize themselves as clans. So now, those common causes are they, uh, you know, plunder and pillage. Always, right? Yeah, good, good. You know, it's, yeah. Well, when you're playing a space zombie, it's it, it's just what you do. <laughs> I didn't know there were zombies. In <laughs> I, I, I literally know nothing about the game. <laughs> well, the the first game, uh, the this little ghost they call it a ghost it's this little light basically in a shell comes and finds you and resurrects you and makes you a guardian and the guardians are then uh, tasked with using the light to fight against the darkness Ah, and all that that pertains can you play as the darkness instead you cannot at this point in time Uh, i don't know if they ever will yeah all right but yeah that's fair Mm-hmm. Should probably fight evil instead of yeah, the other well, way around. You know, generally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then when you're not doing that, mm-hmm. you're part of ECS, the Emerald right? City Supporters. Yes, uh-huh. yes, I am. Mm-hmm. I um, spent a number of years sta- uh, standing, not even standing, jumping and cheering for uh, our Seattle Sounders. Um, we are now in the playoffs for the ninth year running. Wow. And I'm very excited. Now, is that an association football team? <laughs> Do I have that right? Doesn't soccer come from association football? Soccer, uh, I believe, and I don't roast me for this, but yes, I believe that is correct. Okay. Um, 
soccer in the United States is uh, basically organized under the the professional soccer, men's professional soccer is under uh, the MLS, Major League Soccer. Okay. And um, the supporters groups like the Emerald City supporters are unaffiliated uh, with the team, Mm. but they exist because people strongly believe that visible and audible support in the stadium helps the team do better, helps the players dig deep and and Mm -hmm. find their um, fire so they can go and win the game. And so you will find me um, next weekend. Well, okay, that this coming Sunday, which uh, Mm. who knows when this actually goes up, but (laughs) standing in the, uh, the Borough end of uh, CenturyLink field and jumping and singing and waving my scarf around. So you're one of the leaders of the crazy people? Um, I I was for a while. I have stepped down from that role. Um, I was actually helping organize the membership side of things and oh, okay. signing people up and getting membership kits out to people and mm-hmm. organizing that whole the whole side of it for a couple of years. But that I have uh, passed that along to somebody else who hopefully has more time to to do that and does not have a seven-year-old boy running around. (laughs) (laughs) You're a busy person. Mm, I am. Yes. Well, I think that probably finishes up for episode number one. Thank you, Christina. Of course. Thank you. How can people find you on the web? Um, You can follow me on Twitter at K-N Sontag, S-O-N-T-A-G. Um, and that's uh, going to be a lot of destiny and soccer and mm-hmm. some testing and app camp and yep. that sort of thing. Probably lots of retweets, too. <laughs> retweets are fun, you know. It's like literally the least we can do. Oh, look, here's a really good and important thing. <laughs> right? I will press this I will press button, this button and this everybody button. will know. I did the least I could do. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'd also like to thank our intrepid producer, Mark Bosco. Say hello, Mark. Hello, Mark. Very well done. And especially, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you. (laughs) 